Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So a group of researchers from University of California in Riverside and Tsinhua University sat down and found flaws in the current implementation of the DNS system that the domain name system that basically we ask uh, the DNS for a domain and returns back the IP address that's a function of the DNS it found they sat down and came up with around two or three types of attack that they called side channel is that what they called it side channel attack dns and they named it sad dns kind of clever name and in this video i want to go through this and discuss it and uh, show you the cleverness behind this attack um so cloudflare took this paper summarized it right here i'm gonna reference the cloudflare article i'm gonna reference the actual paper for you guys if you want to go through it but i'm gonna go through all these points one by one and go through how this how do they figure out uh, a way to poison the dns which is very very dangerous let's just jump into it so dns basics that's the section where it tells you a dns is a server that you can spin up and it, you ask it a question given a domain name and it returns back an ip address so human can communicate to website, to servers, without no needing to know the IP address. That's the function of the DNS. For the longest time, people figured out a way to spoof DNS queries. Why? Because you, DNS, when you send a DNS query, it's a UDP packet, which has a source port, a destination port. The destination port is always the DNS server port, listening on port 53 by default, and it has a question, right? This question is, what is the IP address of google.com, okay? It also has a unique 16-bit identifier called the query ID or the transaction ID. And that is just a unique way to identify that question. And you guys, you might ask, why do we need that? Why don't you just uh, send a packet and then when synchronously wait for it to come back and you will know that this is the answer for you no udb is stateless we have to add some sort of a state transfer just like we did with rest to kind of add as much information in the packet so i can identify the packet when it comes back 
unlike TCP, where you establish a three-way handshake and you have a, a fu fully stateful connection where you can send requests and you know the request that the, the response that comes back always belong to the request you just sent you know it's a it's you have a logical connection a statefulness if you will so we have a query id so the first attack back in 2008 happened because the query ID is only 16-bit. If you raise 2 to the 16, you get 65,000 or even less than that. Anyone can sit down and literally send 65,000 packets with a, with a cheap laptop. <laughs> so that's very, very easy to spoof because I know that your port is 53. I can just create 65,000 packets and spam a DNS resolver, resolver for a response that may or may not be there. So let's say I want to fake that google.com doesn't belong to the IP address this, the actual Google IP address. It belongs to moi. This particular IP address was just said 6.6.6.6, you know, the devil IP address. And then what I need, all I need to do is send my packets to that resolver saying, hey, by the way, the answer to your google.com query is 6666. And you might say, who asked this question? Nobody did. You're just making assumption that someone asked this question. So all you have to do is just do a query ID 1, and then 2, and then 3, with the same answer, and then flood that resolver. And since the destination IP address is always 53, because that, that was, again, that was the... That was the default port for a long time. You can poison the DNS cache in the resolver so that it, anyone in the future asks for google.com, it will return your IP address and you can just create a phishing website that looks like Google and steal people's data. So that's the DNS poisoning attack. And this is basically called the Kaminsky attack in 2008. The Kaminsky attack does exactly what I just explained. And this is the diagram, guys. So you ask a question, and then you get back a response. The attacker just spam. Oh, they actually use the same IP address. <laughs> That's funny. I swear I didn't look at this picture. I just made up that IP address. So they will say, hey, 6666 is exactly like the devil. And then transaction ID 4, 3, 2, 1, and up until 2 to the power 6. That's so simple to basically fake, right? So the DNS people came down and says, okay, let's solve this problem back in 2008. Where they discovered, it says, let's randomize the port. It's no longer 53. It's anything. And now you, all of a sudden you have 2 to power 16 plus 2 to power 16, not multiplied by 2 to power 16 because almost 2 to power 32, which is a lot. It's like what? Uh, four, 4 billion? 2 to power 32. 4 billion. Yeah, all of a sudden it's not so easy to fake 4 billion possible combinations. It's not easy to do that. So it became infeasible. People dropped it until those guys sat down and said, wait a second. We shouldn't drop this so easily. What if I can determine the port that I can connect to, that, that, the port that actually sent this packet? 
it's no longer random. So denormal, de-randomize this. That's the idea. So they come up with two solutions, fragmentation and the INCMP error messages. And boy, this is clever. Boy, this is so smart. All right, so let's talk about the fragmentation aspect of this. This is the IP address. Uh, this is the IP packet, right? When you say uh, you send a UDP packet, you send it on top of the UDP transform, which has the source and the destination IP, right? In the UDP, you have the source and the destination port. However, there is a feature, I guess, that nobody likes in the IP. It's called fragmentation. If the UDP packet that you send is so big, the IP packet fragments it into multiple fragments and then puts the different uh, data into the multiple fragment. So those those researchers said, wait a second, if we found if we found out the maximum transmission unit and we could force the IP stack to split the packet into the right place where that so that the, the actual destination and source port becomes in one fragment, uh, including all your, your query ID and all that stuff. And the other packet, the other side, the other fragment will contain the, actually the answer and, uh, and the other metadata. If we could do that, then I don't really need to predict the source port or even I don't even need to predict the query ID. That is the powerful thing here. So they came up with, okay, let's do that and let's do the fragmentation attack. So let the, let, let the DNS response come up with packet one and then reach the resolver, which has the source IP and all of that. But the actual answer to google.com, which has the actual IP address of Google, let's fake that one because that doesn't have the source and destination. And only we change that and then we put our IP address and then we send as a fragment. So now we all we have to guess is the fragment ID, which is also a short number. So let's, let's spam the packet two, which is the second fragment, and fake our answer, right? Uh, fake, fake the answer so that it's opposed to our IP address. You can see quickly that this is not easy to, to pull off because how do you know first the to 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 crack that packet exactly so that the second fragment contains the answer and how do you know if it's not multiple fragments you don't so that's not a very easy attack to do but this one boy is so so smart you can easily code this and program this so that it it's possible let's talk about icmp error messages defeating source port randomization so let's talk about a little bit about the icmp and I, and, I, and I had to read about the ICMP because I didn't know much about it. ICMP, ICMP stands for Internet Control Message Protocol. And it basically, it's a protocol that you, you send a message with the ICMP message to a server. You tell me, okay, is this port open? Is this IP available? And it tells you, hey, this port is not open. This port is not open. And it's going to respond back to the source IP that you provided. People use the ICMP they, they back in the maybe 90s even more before that they use the ICMP as as a reflection attack so they will be send multiple ICMP messages to multiple servers across the world with a source IP saying let's let's pick the IP address of the yahoo.com they I want to bring yahoo.com 
down. Okay, so they would send the ICMP message to multiple servers with the source IP being the source IP of yahoo.com and say on, on random ports that we know that it's not open. I don't know, port 3333. It's not open. So what all these servers will go back, okay, this port is not open, unreachable. Let me respond back. So they respond back, not to you as an attacker. They respond back to the source IP. And since the source IP is, is yahoo.com, all of this points to yahoo.com and that floods the server and goes down. So that's, that started this way. People abused it. Attackers abused the ICMP protocol for this. So people, people from the ICMP group said, okay, let's rate limit this thing. So that, okay, uh, if you, you can only send, I don't know, this much messages that, uh, with, uh, with port unreachable. If you ask me 50 times or 100 times that is this port available or multiple times from a source IP, I'll block you to avoid this attack. So they introduced the rate limiting for security reason to, to avoid reflection attack. And I talked about reflection attack, guys. Check out the video right here. But look how these researchers, what, what these research, smart researchers do. Look at this. They said, okay, say, let's assume the rate limit you know is 50. Okay. So I have a server with a rate limit of 50. Sweet. 50. So that means I can send you 50 ICMP messages on 50 different ports from the same IP address before you're going to block me. And when I say block me, that means the server will just decide not to respond at all. Not to respond to that IP address and not to respond at all. And that is where those researchers says, gotcha. If you don't respond, that means you reached your limit. And you might say, Hussein, what, what does that mean? We're going to explain it now. This is a beautiful diagram. Let's go through it. Guys, go back to the goal. What are we trying to do? The, the goal we're trying to do is to find out which port is open so that I can use that port in order to guess the query IDs in order to poison the DNS. That's the goal. So the goal here is how do I find which ports are open? We cannot do TCP half opens. Server will call that out quickly and then they will block us. So what we do again, we use the ICMP message system to find out which ports are open. How do we do that? The attacker loop, okay, I have how many ports? Two to port 16 ports, right? Starting from port one to port 50. I am going to spin up 50 UDP packets from port one, the second one for port two, the third one for port three, and up to port, port 50. So 50 UDP packet. What's the destination uh, address, IP address? I know the destination IP address. It's the resolver that I, that I want to poison, right? So that's fixed. What's the source uh, port? Anything, doesn't matter. Let's fix it. 30. What's the source IP address? Let's also fix it. And I'm not going to use my IP address as an attacker. I'm going to use some poor schmuck IP address. Why? Because I, I, I don't want to freeze my, my attack, my IP address. I want to freeze someone else's. So we're going to use that IP address. Like, I don't know, one, two, three, four, random IP address that doesn't have to exist. Why? Because these 50 packets now, the server 
let's say these 50 packets, uh, these 50 UDP packets are all destined to 50 ports that are closed. Ports from 1 to 50 are closed. What will the server do? It will respond for each UDP packet to the shady IP address, to the spoofed IP address. Port 1 unreachable, port 2 unreachable, port 3 unreachable, da -da 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 -da. port 50 unreachable. And then once you reach port 50 unreachable, the server says, wait, we just hit the rate limit. We can't respond anytime. Now the attacker says, okay, I'm going to respond from my IP address to any port, anything. Just, just send a message with port 50, for example. Send that message with the source IP being me as an attacker. Now, the attacker, if the attacker did not get a response, that tells me that none of these ports actually are open. And that knowledge is key. That means, oh, okay, I didn't get a response. That means the, the server reached the rate limit. That means the 50 UDP packet I sent are all for closed port. Got it. And I didn't lose anything. I didn't, I wasn't rate limited as, as an attacker. My IP address is clean. Hey, I just sent you one verification message. You don't know I'm, I'm the attacker. So I just used 50. Now I do the same thing. The next 50, next 50, next 50. If, if, I, if this pattern continues, I can go through all the closed ports very easily. Now, let's go with an example where one of the 50 ports that I, I sent actually was open. What will happen? This is the right-hand side. So the attacker sent the 50 for, from 1 to 50, right? One, port 1 to port 50 or any other ports, right? Just taking the same example. Let's assume port 43 is open, right? And I'm going to send as an attacker, I'm going to send 50. My source IP is this shady IP address, right? And uh, my, my destination is the random, uh, not the randomized, the, the sequential ports, 1, 2, 3, 4, up to 50. And then the attack, the server will respond, hey, port 1 is not open, port 2 is not open. Where does it respond? Respond to the spoofed IP. Port 3 is not open. Port 4, port 4, 3. Oh, it's actually open. It's not going to respond. Why? Because it's open. That's good. That ICP message is good. Okay, so we jump to the port 44. Not open. Send that. Up until we reach port 50, not open. That leaves us with what? We sent 49 IC, uh, ICMPs that are unreachable. Remaining is one. That means that one, we did not technically hit the rate limit. So the verification comes after the 50 probes, which the attacker don't know anything about, right? Because the responses are coming to another server. Now the attacker comes to say, okay, let me send a verification message to that destination. It says, okay, is 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 this port open and if we got back a reply saying hey this port is not open that tells me that we did not hit the limit that tells me there is at least one port open okay you might say so what how do you do? you still don't know which port aha but i know it's one of the 50 it's one of those 50 that are open now the next step is, is they, they explain it here. Just just half it. Like, let's do the half. Now we'll go through from 25 to 50 and do it again. 
and do it from 25, 1 to 25, and then from 25 to, and then do, do the same thing again and over and over again. So isn't that genius, guys? This is just, until, once you have everything, basically, you will eventually find which port that is open, and you can just manually go through them one by one. That is just smart, guys. That is just genius. All right, guys, that's it for me today. This is a genius article. Thank you, Nick Sullivan. Guys, by the way, follow Nick. He's just, I love all his topics and he discussed security. He's involved with multiple groups. He's making the internet better for us. And uh, what do you think about this attack? Uh, is it just me that I'm fascinated about this? Or am I just over-exaggerating? Let me know in the comment section below. I'm excited to see you in the next one. You guys stay awesome. Goodbye.